0: Let's turn to the Word of God. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Just one verse, but please keep it marked on Psalm 27. Verse 8. Excuse me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. I'm a bit froggy and croaky this morning, so let's read it again, see if I can get it without croaking. Excuse me. When thou saidst, seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Let's pray. Father, take your word and encourage us. And call us to seek your face. Father, if we seek your face, we seek the Almighty, the one true living God. We seek your face found in the person of your Son, the Lord Jesus. But we need your Holy Spirit to help us. We need your Spirit to call us, to draw us. So help us this morning and glorify your name. Glorify your Son. For Jesus' sake we ask it. Amen. <clears throat> God wants us. That is not only as C E T here, at the church, but He wants the church really. God wants you in a personal note to seek Him. Well, look at it, God willing. A little later. I'm not going to bring a long message this morning because I want you to get away for Father's Day, get your dinner, your whatever you have planned, uh, that you'll be able to come out this evening as well. Notice this. The word seek here is the word bakash. And it means to seek, but it means to search, to inquire, after. But it gives the idea also to inquire as much as to ask and keep asking. Or even to beg for something. And also it means something that begs from the desire or asks from the desire, requires from the desire of the heart. Okay? So the word seek, I want to show you here because sometimes we think, well, I've been seeking God this evening in a prayer meeting. And that's the end of the seeking. Or I've been seeking God for 10 minutes up in my bedroom or in the closet wherever I am, and that's the end of the seeking. That is not really what this means, although that's part of it. Please keep doing that. But here I want to show you just simple illustrations in the word about seeking God or seeking the face of God. Will you turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 37, please? Genesis chapter 37. Just let your eye run down, please, to verse number 12. Verse 12, Genesis 37, verse 12. It says, And his brethren, that is Joseph's brethren, went to feed their father's flock in Shechem, and Israel said unto Joseph, Israel is Jacob, his father here. Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the field vale of Hebron, And he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed the flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Notice Jacob Israel sends his son Joseph after his other sons or after Joseph's brother. I want you to go to them. I want you to seek them out. I want you to bring me back a report how they're doing and how the flock's doing. You might think that's a bit strange because in our mentality we have here in Northern Ireland or in the UK or Ireland we have the mentality out there's a few fiends let's go walk for 10, 15, 20 minutes or whatever it is Find them, have a look and come back again. That's not the idea here. This is an idea of a trek that he had to take in search. There's no mobile phones to say what part of the country you're in or what field are you in or whereabouts are you. So he had to go in a certain or a general direction. And you'll find what happens is, is God when you're seeking him, he actually calls you. You think you're seeking him, but he's drawing you. The psalmist in Psalm 27 in verse 8 says, When thou saidest, seek ye my face. When you said it, then I will seek. And so the the desire of the seeking is already placed into the heart of the man and the woman. For example, uh, Israel here, or Jacob, says to Joseph, Go and seek them out. He places it into the heart of Joseph to do it. He places it into the thought, the mind, and sends him forth to go seeking. And he goes seeking his brethren. Now, he sends them in a certain direction, Shechem. Now, not that it matters a lot, but the word name Shechem means shoulder or back. It's between two mountains. And it really means this is between the shoulders. I'm going to send you in a certain direction. They went to Shechem. Well, how will I know what direction to take? You look to those mountains and in between, there's somewhere around there. Go seek. Now you and I will think, well, you know, today aerial photographs, whether it be a drone or an airplane, helicopter, you know, you could fly over and find them from an aerial point of view very quickly. But here it is not so because you had to walk across different types of rough terrain. And by the time you got there, you're looking. One way you're traveling maybe for a day or more or two. Another way then having to go back over to another day or two this way. And that's the seeking bit. That's the seeking bit. Sometimes you see when we are called to seek. It's the same word here. To search, to inquire, to ask or to beg after. To have something placed in your heart that you must find out. And so the father, uh, his father Israel Jacob says go seek them out. And come again and bring me a report. So as he's going, he's seeking. And when he comes to shack he doesn't find him. What happens when you're pointed in a certain direction by God? What happens when you're told of a way to seek him or called to seek him? And you get there and you find nothing. You see, that's when a lot of people tend to, to wane. Tend to throw the hands up and forget they tend to want to walk away from the seeking bit. I've sought you, Lord. I've done all that I could. And look, I'm still no further on. I'm sure you've got there sometimes. I've been there at times. I've been seeking your face. I'm not a lot further on. Well, the idea of this is you keep going according to your last command and leave the rest up to God. You keep seeking. He doesn't tell you when to stop. When you get the shack him, he says, You'll find them. But what part of Shechem? So you'll go into another stage. You can go into another phase, if I can call it that, in your seeking. When God will bring you along and you don't even realize it, that he's already something planned to give you further instruction. To give you further command or to give you further pointers as the way to go. Notice what it says here in our reading here in Genesis 37. Verse 15 And a certain man found him, found Joseph. Joseph's out looking, and a man finds Joseph. God had already planted that a man would be coming along that way, who had come across Joseph, and little did he know they would meet at Shechem. You see, sometimes when we're seeking, we think, well, God, do you even know where I am? Do you know what's happening here? Do you know what way I'm even pointed? I'm in the middle of between the two mountains, in the back, the shoulder, in the middle of nowhere, in the valley. And you have told me to seek you, and I'm still here. God has already ordained and appointed a time and a place when someone will cross your path, when someone will come into your life, when someone will speak the word for direction. Notice this verse 15. A certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. Notice where Joseph is. He's wandering. He's starting to lose direction. He's starting to run about with nowhere to point himself to. I've been over here to Shechem, and this part of it here, and I've been to this foot of this mountain here. Um, If my memory serves me right, the mountains are Gerizim and Ebal. I think that's the mountains where they are. And and he's over at this side, maybe, of the mountain. He's maybe went up a little and he's went across this part towards Shechem and he's went to where maybe villagers are. No sign of the flock, no sign of his brethren. But yet he sent out on a mission to seek. See, that's all the part of seeking, brothers and sisters, is you keep on seeking and sometimes you feel you're wandering and you have no sense of direction. You just have to follow the last command until God brings the confirmation to you to go in a different way. Keep following the last command. You see, it's the patience. It's having the patience that God will bring Not only someone or something or a word to you, maybe it's what's being told, preached, or someone could come along your way, maybe in your workplace and say, this is the way you should go walking in it. So he asks him, he finds him wandering, and the man asked him, saying, what seekest thou? What are you looking for? And the man said, what seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, they are departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dotham. Notice this. Now the the one who's sent, who feels that his wandering's in vain, who has no sense of direction, finds the Lord has already brought someone along his way, has ordained it to happen so, and he says there, he confirms the word of his seeking, and he says they're in Dotham. In Dothan. So he finds his brethren. Of course his brethren weren't happy. We know the story. His brethren didn't really want them too much. If you turn with me, if you will, to the Song of Solomon. Now you might say, where on earth is that wee book? Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. You find actually the song of Solomon because people think it's a bit risque. That's only those who haven't got the eyes of the spirit. they read it in the spirit. They think it's risque. Don't touch it. The word of God is pure. And notice this. It's placed happens to be placed between uh, the, the book of Ecclesiastes and the book of Isaiah. Ecclesiastes is the words of the preacher, the conveying of the preacher. That's what Ecclesiastes means. And Isaiah is the gifted oratory prophet. So it's well guarded between the preacher and the prophet. stuck into the middle. But nevertheless, it is of the spirit. When you turn to chapter 3? Something here we need to look at because it's very important, again, about you seeking. God calls you to seek. Okay? God gives you the idea or the thought, the desire to seek him. What has happened here is the Shulamite girl, this is the story that's that's unfolding here. Shulamite girl has become the least in her family. She's sent out to look after the vineyards, other people's vineyards, and her own is going to wreck and ruin. Here's a little tip for you, brother, sister. Do you see if ministry takes you where your own family's going to wreck and ruin at the expense of ministry? Then you need to forget the ministry and look at the wreck and ruin and fix it. Because here's what happens here. She says, other vineyards have I not kept. And we can't rule the house of God, as it were, if we can't look after our own families. Now notice this. The Shulamite is in the fields. Solomon the king comes. And as he's coming down the road, as it were, the idea is that she's dirty in her ragged clothes. And the great king's coming. The idea is get out of the road. The king is about to arrive. She says that she sees him coming, but out of love and grace, he steps down, as it were, reaches the hand out to lift her out of her distress. Out of the muck and the mire. Come away, my love, my fair one. This is what he starts singing. He brings her into his, his palace. He marries her. He puts on new, washes her, puts on new clothes. She's sitting at the master's table. And she even says things like, I am as the tents of Gadar as the curtains of Solomon. The tents of Gadar were the nomad tribes whose tents started white, ended up battered and re-sewn and gathered together and more or less stuck up everywhere, weather beaten and dirty. And the white became tarnished. It became almost like a yellowy color at times dirty and filthy, and and she sees herself like this. I am as the tents of Kedar. But now in the palace, she's looking in the palace of the great king who came and saved her, as it were, brought her in, washed her, and clothed her, sets her at his table. She's starting to to feast on his great, the best of the, the food, the finest of the wheat, and the meat, as it were. And now she's looking in the palace at the flowing curtains of Solomon and the richness of their color, and the grandeur of it and so she says i am as the tents of kadar that's who i really am see brothers and sisters that's who you and i really are outside of christ we are the tents of kadar we are in our sin we're battered by the world and all the things it's put upon us and all the things we've loved but the great king comes in and mercy and grace he steps down he hands out his hand he says arise my love my fair one and come away come out of this world and come out of this field and come out of this mire come out of this drudgery come out of it and he washes us in his blood and he clothes us with with his garments of his righteousness. And he sets us at his table. And we sing I am my beloved's. And my beloved is mine. He brought me into his banqueting house. And his banner over me as love. And here now she's looking at the tents. Or she calls herself the tents of Godar. Looking at the curtains. But then she realizes who she is. Because she's married unto the king. I am as the tents of Godar. See that's who we are in our, in our flesh. In our sin and without Christ. I am as the tents of Gadar. She sees these flowing curtains, but now as the curtains of Solomon. That's how, he, that's, that's the that's the power of the blood of Christ. That Christian, when you're saved and you're blood washed, you're like the tents of Kedar outside of Christ, but he makes you like the curtains of Solomon. Beautifies you. Now they're married, and look what it says in chapter 3. By night on my bed I sought him whom my soul loveth. Notice, it's not just a a marriage for marriage's sake, nor for being in the king's palace. Her soul loves him. Now, here's the heart. When thou saidst Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Not my lips, my heart. Not for the sake of it, it's my heart. Here she says, I sought him whom my soul loveth. Now, here's the fright of it. I sought him, but I found him not. So i lay in bed, she says. She doesn't say that. So I lay there and and says, I'm not going to get up this morning because I don't feel God's presence. I don't feel the king near me. No, she says, I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. Now, notice her perseverance here. The perseverance. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Here's a third mention of my soul loveth. It was but a little that I passed from them, but but I found him whom my soul loveth. There's a fourth. I held him and would not let him go. Until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. Notice four times. My soul loves him. Why did you seek him, Shulamite? Because my soul loves him. Why does your soul love him, Shulamite? Because he found me on the road of despair. He found me in the field that is the world. Because he found me in my dirty garments, which the world had placed upon me, and my sin had ruined on me. She says, "I am black, but comely." She calls herself. Now, it's not a derogatory word to a woman who is black. That's not what it means. It means the sun is beating down on me. Because look, if that meant that because she was black, look at the state of me. You know, I'm I'm black. That's derogatory to a person of uh, who would be black. That's not what she's saying. She's saying the sun is burnt my face. The dirt is ground into me. That's what she means. I am weather-beaten out here. I'm weary with this. Look at me. Who would want me? Who would want someone like that? Everybody else passes me by. Nobody cares for someone like me. But the great king came and he did. The great king came. Jesus calls himself the one who is greater than Solomon. Isn't that wonderful? Your Jesus and my Jesus. Why do we love him? We love him because he first loved us. He came down that road. He left the out of the dirt, the mire. He's the one who has done it all. He is the one who has come and places under. His table our feet under his table he's the one who's come and fed us and clothed us he's the one who's done everything and sometimes then you see God wants us to seek him so here's the here's the, the whole crux of this the God who says do you seek ye me is the God who sought you first <laughs> look brothers and sisters you can't be saved by saying, I chose Jesus. How can a dead person in their sins choose Jesus? You can't. He sought you. He said, I am come but the and to save that which was lost. <laughs> Read the book of Ezekiel. It speaks the whole way through it about the, the, the shepherd coming. Or through many of the chapters, I should say, of the shepherd coming. And, he, and Yahweh, Jehovah God says, I will seek you. I will seek you. I will seek you. I will seek you out. Why? Because I love you. And what happens? He comes in the person of his son and he seeks us out. Finds me and you like the Shulamite. He comes seeking. He finds. He brings. He washes. And he clothes us. And now we're sitting in the master's house at his table. Seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? So the God who sought us now wants us to seek him. But he's everywhere. Yes, he is. He's omnipresent. Of course he is. But he wants you to seek him. Why? Because in our day and daily lives, in our own hearts, we can grow cold. And here's another thing. Seek ye my face when thou saidest. I thank the Lord that at times he comes. Not only does he keep me all the time, but at times he comes and he awakens my consciousness to the point where, son, you're drifting your drifting daughter. He awakens the conscience. Seek ye my face. He he wakens us that we might not go too far. He wakens us and he calls us to seek his face in order to bless us, of course, but in order to have communion and fellowship that we as a Shulamite finds in chapter three, verse one, by night, on my bed. He wants to have. The communion, the fellowship, and the unity, the oneness with you and die as if a husband is with his wife. You know that real closeness, just the two of you. And Christ wants that for his redeemed bride. He wants it for you. And the idea is that it goes out to everyone. Seek ye my face. We'll look at it, maybe have to do it next week, but we'll look at it. We'll see why we get on. Seek ye my face, but it falls on the individual. It's like the gospel. Many are called. The gospel goes out all over the nation. Few are chosen. Not everyone it speaks to, because they're dead. Not everyone it finds, And here we find the Shulamite is seeking. Turn to chapter five with me, please. let's read from verse one: "I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse, I have gathered my mirror and my spice, I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey, I have drunken my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends, drink, yea, drink abundantly, O beloved. Notice what then she says. I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. Notice here that Solomon, as it were, comes to her chamber or to her own house, whatever it may be. And as he comes, he says, She says, I'm sleeping but my heart wakens. Isn't that strange words? Usually it's I waken. We, we know what that means, and it's a similar tone. But the idea is that something that stirs me has woken me. There's a knock on the door. Listen to what Jesus says to the letter, in church in Revelation chapter 3. And we preach it, and that's okay, I understand that, and I've done it maybe before myself, I think. And, and we preach it at gospel missions and meetings. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in with him and sup with him and he with me. That isn't written to the lost. That's written to the church. And boy, the Laodicean church is the seventh church of Revelation. That's the last Church age, as it were, prophetically, which you and I are living in before he comes again. And since it is the last church age, Jesus is standing going, I want in. Let me in. That's how fellowship together. And here he's knocking open the door. Open the door. Verse 3, notice what it says. Here's her reply. After all that he's done for her, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? Do you know what the Shulamite is saying to Solomon here after all he's done? Can't be bothered. How does a soul... Have you seen him whom thy so loveth four times in that one reading we took? How is it that that soul can come to the point where now they're lying in their bed, which they were awoken in chapter 3, really panicking because he wasn't there. Now she's lying here and saying, I can't be bothered. I've put off my coat. So what? While we get your dressing gown on and go seek him. <laughs> Open the door to his calling. The Lord speaks to you. I don't know if the Lord speaks to you in the middle of the night. Sometimes the Lord speaks to people, and they will get up or they will pray in the middle of the night. Some people are just knocked out all night, and the Lord can't make it at all. <laughs> That's not a condemnation either, by the way. Sometimes God calls some in the middle of the night, and they just won't get up. They won't seek him. Lord, I'm up early in the morning, but I know you're drawing me from the heart. He says, come, I want to talk to you. I've put off my coat. I've took off my shoes. And see, what they did was their sandals, they washed their feet. So they jumped in the bed, not to dirty their bed. So if she got out again, she'd have to go and start washing my feet all over again. I mean, is it such a big hassle? To come seek the Lord who wants to bless you. Can't be bothered. See, seeking means persevering. Like Joseph persevered. Seeking means persevering. To seek the face of God means to get up when God especially is calling. Notice this. My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door. Notice, and my barrels were moved for him. Now the idea here is, my deep inner regions region's greater than the heart has moved. It's, his, it's him, I know it's him. And I really want to get up. I really want to do something. And she starts to wake up more. And the idea was that there was a handle on the inside, not on the outside. That's why you have to open the door. If any man hear my voice, woman, hear my voice and open the door. The handle was on the inside. And there was a whole, so he puts the hand in and he wipes his hand on the handle. I could force my way in, but I won't if you don't want me. I could force my way in, but I won't if you won't have me. Open to me. And he puts his hand in to the door handle. Notice, says, my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with mir, my fingers with sweet smelling more upon the handles of the lock. So she, she jumps up. She goes, you know what? I realize I really love him and I need him more than I need my bed. Even, you know, it's, it, it's wanting the Lord more than our necessary food. Hey, you know, I must get up. the time she does, he's away. So we don't know the time that lapsed there, but he's away. And when she puts her hand upon the handle, the myrrh, the, the fragrant perfume that he had for her, the anointing. Listen, the anointing. Here's what you could have had on the handle and on the lock. I'm gone. She was still his, but the anointing that he had went with him. I opened to my beloved, verse 6, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him. I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Do you notice here, brothers and sisters, this seeking Shulamite at the start now has become a sleeping Shulamite. Now she's a frightened Shulamite. What have I done? I've missed out on the anointing. Listen, in the new covenant, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. But you may feel bereft of him because you haven't answered his call. You may feel your carnality over your spirituality. Your fear against your faith. Simply because we haven't answered the call. When I sellest. Seek ye my face. We didn't answer the call. In the book of Hosea, the northern kingdom of Israel are being warned by the prophet, by God through the prophet. Listen to what the Lord says through him in Hosea 5 and verse 15. I will go and return to my place until they acknowledge their offense. You see, in the New Covenant, as I said, God neither leaves us nor forsakes us. But there are times when not that God has left us, but the withdrawing of God is not that he has left us as from living within us because we're his temple on the earth, but rather as it were he takes that backward step and lets you carry on until you realize your offense. Sometimes the offense can be this. Sometimes the offense can be this. It can be you simply not going after God when he calls you. Answering the call. Notice here. Mosea 5.15, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. And in their affliction, they will seek me early. Do you know when we want him? When it doesn't go our way. So in Psalm 27, we'll round it up here. Psalm 27, verse 8. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart. Said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Next week, God willing, we'll start here. See the word for heart. It's the word lay, but it gives the idea of the very deep inner recesses of a person. The very depths of one's being. That's where the seeking comes from, not with the lips. And the word face here, you and I know what a face is, we all have one. The face of God is not because He's a spirit, the only face that God has is now the face of Jesus Christ, He's the invisible spirit. What does he mean? And it's, it, it speaks of face for, uh, the whole way through the scriptures, about God's face, show my face, speak them. Uh, I, I will reveal my face and so on and so on and throughout the scriptures. The word here for face is the word name And it means the presence of. His presence. Look, when you and I are here and we are worshiping, when you and I are here and we are praising. And we are conscious that corporately as a body. The spirit of God has come. That's the pot name. That the God who fills the heavens and the earth and the universe. And made everything who is everywhere at once. Has as it were turned his face to look upon us as we worship. That's the pot name of God. It's used 76 times for ponim. It's used 76 times for presence in the Old Testament. It's actually used more for face because it speaks of other faces. But ponim means presence. So do you see whenever we're worshiping and there's awareness of God here and God's word and God is speaking? Do you see right now? The ponim the Holy Spirit, the face of God, has come. You see, when we sing, when we're worshiping, it's not about singing songs. The world sings songs. It's from deep within, worshiping him, singing unto him, the poneme of God comes. The Him of the Spirit. He shows his face in the sense where he comes, He turns aside, as it were, not that he has to because it gives us the idea of our human mentality to understand him, that he turns, as it were, aside. and, And he looks at CET in those moments and he sees the heart of everyone. He's saying, now seek my presence. Let's be honest. There are things that can be in our heart and mind that's annoyed us or troubled us when we can't, but there are things that whenever we are sitting there or standing, whatever position we're in when we're worshiping, then your pawn name speaks a lot to the pawn of God. Lord oh, Jesus, from here. He says, seek ye my face, seek my presence, seek my ponim. He says, when thou saidst, seek ye my face or my presence, my ponim, my heart, my innermost being says, thy ponim, thy face, Lord, while I search after till I find it. That's the context we're looking at. In seeking the face of God. If God allows me next week, I'll do another one. Something completely different than you had the last four weeks. But that's what the Lord led on me to bring to you, to seek the face of God. Bless the Lord. God bless us all.